0: Welcome to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast, where you will learn career strategies and techniques to help you break down barriers, make more money, and thrive in your tech life at work and at home. Technology has never been more mission critical to our online stay-at-home world, and you are the key to its success. You'll hear from diverse women in tech as well as experts who share both personal and professional strategies so you can transform your work and your workplace from the inside out. I'm Karen Morstell, former Silicon Valley tech leader and serial CISO for iconic brands like AT&T Wireless, Microsoft, and Russell Investments. I hope you will join me in my mission and message of resilience and transformation to make an inclusive and equitable tech industry. If you find this show helpful, please leave us a like and share it. And don't forget to hurry over to createyourleadingedge.com to join innovative and affordable group coaching for women in tech on your terms, and now on to Mojo Maker for Women in Tech. Hey everyone, my next guest hardly needs any introduction to the cybersecurity community. Tanya Jenka, also known as She Hacks Purple, is the author of Alice and Bob learn application security. She's the founder of WeHack Purple, an online learning academy, community and podcast that revolves around teaching everyone to create secure software. Tanya has been in the IT software development and security community for over 20 years. She's won numerous awards. I met her when she won Cybersecurity Professional of the Year at Defcon and she is a huge advocate for diversity, inclusion, and kindness. And as you will see, it really does shine through in everything that she does and says with magnificent results. I can't wait for you to hear this show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech show. And today I have with me one of my most favorite guests, Tanya Jenka, Tanya, you've been really busy since the last time we talked. And I just am thrilled to hear about the progress that you're making with all of the different projects that you have and Irons in the Fire that you've got going. So welcome to the show. You need to tell us everything about what's going on. Thank you so much for having me back on the show, Karen. This is a pleasure. So you've been busy, you've got a book out, you're building an online community, there's a ton of things happening there. I'd really love for you first to kind of talk to us about what you're doing and what's driving you to do all of this work, because this is not an insignificant level of effort.
1: What's driving me is that I really want the internet to be a more secure place, I hate that my family members call me and they're like, is this phishing? Or Tanya, I bought this thing and now my credit card's stolen. Are they gonna steal my identity? I want to be able to buy shoes on the internet safely. And basically, the more I learned about securing software, the more obsessed I got, more interested I got on the topic. And so that propelled me to start doing conference talks and learning more about it and sharing my knowledge. And then I realized that there was no book really on this topic that you could buy. Like there are books, but not how to do that job of being the person in charge of making sure the software is secure. And there was no one book that software developers could read that would kind of teach them like, So these are some security requirements you should have as part of every web app project. Or this is how, like the main rules for making sure your code is secure. Or this is how you design a secure app. There's no book that kind of encompassed all of those things. And when I was at Microsoft, they kept telling me, well, you have to learn how to scale. And so they said, you know, you're writing all these blog posts. And publishers started approaching me about writing a book. They're like, you should totally write a book because you could scale. And I was like, that's a great idea. And then I decided you know, to go out on my own and start my own company. And they're like, that's not what we meant by scaling. <laughs> but they're very supportive. But they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, because I can scale even better if I'm on my own. So Karen was one of the people that gave me the idea to do a community as well as giving training. So basically, I left Microsoft and then people kept offering me money to train their devs. (laughs) And I like money and I like devs. So I said, yes. And then it turns out that's a job. And Karen was suggesting to me, well, you know, you could have kind of like a membership where you give them content and like kind of help them learn as they go. And I was like, this is a great idea. So I first started just out on my own, and then I built a company now. So there's seven of us, and we are called We Hack Purple. And so our community grew to around 200 people. And I got really frustrated with the platform we were using. So we're using something called Podia. I don't mean to hate on them. It's just that if you're going to do small things, they're really great. And they are cheap and they do a lot of stuff for a very small price. But I realized, you know, I wanted my members to be able to talk to each other. I wanted to have lots of different chat rooms where they could talk about different topics. So like an area where it's just threat modeling or an area for new people and another area for more advanced discussion. I wanted to be able to tag the content. I also really, really wanted to make a knowledge base so that someone can search a topic and then just see every single thing about it, like every video, every single thing. So if, you know, someone goes to work and they're like, we want you to start doing threat modeling really soon, they could go and like read a bunch of articles and see a bunch of videos and see a bunch of groups where people are discussing stuff and then join in there and learn. Karen, honestly, I wanted a safe place to hang out with other nerds and ask questions and not have people poop on me. Because I'm sure that you know the internet, especially different social media places, tends to be full of people that, especially in information security, where sometimes they can be a little harsh on new people or, oh, you don't know that. You should totally know that. I wanted to make a space where all my favorite people were (laughs) and where I could just talk about all the things and not have anyone be harsh with anyone else. Like sometimes I'll do the cyber mentoring Monday every Monday on Twitter, but sometimes someone will be really harsh to some of the people that respond and then I'll write them and I'll say, you know, what you said is really discouraging. This person put themselves out there to try to find a professional mentor. And then like, you just made them feel really bad. Like, could you please take your tweet down? That was really mean. (laughs) And most of them do. And most of them either apologize or take their tweet down because I'm not really harsh about it. And when I appeal to their logic, they're like, oh, I didn't mean it that way. I'm like, I know, even though I know they did. It's like, could you please take that down? And then like, I'll write the person and make sure they're okay, and they're not upset. But like, who am I? The internet's mom?
0: Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) maybe your next book, you could do another book after a while of this, you've collected enough input, you could do Alice and Bob, learn emotional intelligence.
1: Alice and Bob learn internet etiquette and how to not be
0: a jerk face. Um, <laughs> it's, it is. That, that really stood out to me. You know, last time you and I talked, you really did highlight that there was a difference. And I'm not really sure why we have this between, you know, the software development community, software engineering community, and the cybersecurity community, that there is definitely a different vibe. Yeah,
1: there is. I was actually explaining that to a friend the other day. So I currently am trying to learn how to market my new courses because you know I spent like several months creating like this entire program and I'm super proud of it and really excited about it. And you can read more of it on our website. But I have to like learn how to market it now. So I was looking at some of our competitors. And there's one competitor where when I looked at it from this angle, I'm like, oh my gosh, all they do is play off of toxic masculinity. They're like, try harder, improve yourself. And all of these things that are like playing on insecurities. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're literally, that's their entire marketing plan. And I was so shocked. And we have a very high percentage of women who take our courses like way above the 11% that make up our industry, we have higher than 11% that are women in our students and community members. And it turns out that they just feel welcome and invited and respected. And our community members will do stuff together. So like we'll live stream together, like I'll build stuff or smash stuff. And like, we'll all kind of solve problems together for fun because we're nerds. Yeah, one of the people one day who's like been on a bunch of them with me I said, Hey, can you tell me what this looks like? Is the text too big or is it too small? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I want to make sure you can see it. And he's like, Oh, Tanya, I'm blind. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you just describe so well what you're doing. I've always been able to follow along and all your videos have closed captioning. And like, you're the only trainer that I can easily follow as a blind person. And I was like, Oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, you have a lot of hard of hearing people. Like he's like, there's like a whole bunch of not fully able people. that are like super fans. Cause you always try to
0: make sure you've accommodated. I'm like, Oh, doesn't that make you feel amazing? That warms my heart. Yeah. Well done.
1: We had another session where I didn't give that much notice, but I was like, Hey, does anyone want to join me and come do this? And so only two people came and it was both women of color. And can you imagine going to like a tech meetup and then the host is a woman and the two other people that attend are both women of color like I'm just like so we're the unicorns of <laughs> like the snuffleupaguses where you you never see us and then we all just like you know got together and we like built a bunch of github actions and smashed some stuff and like had a good time right but i like that i can make a place where like everyone feels invited and I have not felt super invited a lot of times in InfoSec. I've had a lot of not awesome situations since I joined InfoSec. And like you and I were talking about before we started recording, now that I've launched my own company, I have discovered that in business, there's some extra fun things being lady folks sometimes. Or maybe it's just like bigger businesses bullying smaller businesses. Like I was supposed to speak at a conference this year and I was also at the same time, the main organizer of the conference also works at like a company. And I was currently like negotiating a contract with them to like give some training. So like I give training sometimes on other companies products, like to the public, but for money, right? Like I don't work for you, so I need to get paid. And so then he held a meeting with me one-on-one and then told me I was going to do that training for free during the conference. And I was like, no, I submitted a talk to the conference and I was accepted. You've been advertising my name for like two months. And he's like, yeah, well, you're going to give in, you're going to give it for free. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he's like, well, this guy and this guy, and this guy are doing it. I'm like, I don't give a crap what those guys do. And he's like, it'll be good exposure. I'm like, I have 10 times more followers than your conference dude. And he's like, well, maybe there won't be a spot for you. So then the next day he wrote me, he's like, sorry, scheduling, you're kicked off. And so I wrote back and I was like, hey, you've been using my face, my likeness and name to promote your event. I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but I'm what's called an industry influencer. I'm famous and my name and likeness are worth money. And so you using them and then Being in breach of contract because we had a signed contract that I was going to speak. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to cost some money. So I'm hoping that you can look at the schedule and squeeze me in somewhere. And if not, I'll just let you talk to my lawyer. Let me know. And then 10 minutes later, oh, I found a spot for you. I'm like, thanks. But I'm now like basically banned from that conference. Like he'll never have me back because I stood up for myself. And it's like, what he did was extortion. That's not fair. When I worked at Microsoft, could you imagine Microsoft coming down on that? Oh, there's no way that stuff like that would happen.
0: It is an unfortunate fact in the tech industry, and not everybody is like that, but it's definitely out there. And I really applaud you, you know, just for having the guts to stand your ground. And so often women, we all will go to the place of where we'll try to be accommodating Or we'll minimize our own position or we'll shrink back. And yeah, you know what? There's going to be sometimes a consequence to pay for that. There's a price to pay, but bravo for you. I'm proud of you. That's great.
1: I have 10 times more followers than that conference. So I've decided I'm not concerned.
0: (laughs) At the end of the day, it isn't going to impact you adversely. That's that's too bad that that stuff happens. But it's a common story across all of technology, even internet marketing. You know, it's something that we're all kind of like dealing with.
1: If women are listening, I would want to say, fight back. I had another company. So I sent them a contract and we would negotiated it already in email and I sent it to them and I had signed it. And they had their person sign it and they edited the signed contract and lowered the amount of the money <laughs> without my knowledge. And then later when I was like, okay, it's time to pay. They were like, oh, here's this much. And we're like, no, it's that much. And they're like, here's the signed contract. And I was like, no Wait. So I actually told my students, I had a student at the time. I'm like. Would you like to try to handle this? And so he just, he's like, here's the email where you agreed to this amount. Here's this, here's that. Here's the copy we sent you that was signed. We never sent you a copy of a document that was signed like that. If you want, we know some forensic people that could take a look at that PDF for you. But it seems that there's some sort of mistake. Maybe it got corrupted. Here's the real one. It's due in this time. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I'm talking so well. Good job. (laughs) I was very proud
0: of my student. It's too bad that that has to be done. But, you know, I think for the women that are listening, this probably is causing a few people to have some feels about it because it's a common experience at one level or another. And I there's all kinds of I would call it gaslighting. What you know is not really what you know, Tanya, that in that very condescending sort of tone where it. You hear it often enough and it starts to make you doubt yourself. And I think we just have to be really aware that that's there. I'm getting ready to do some more online talks about that because it's popping up a lot.
1: But when you stand up for yourself, it feels good.
0: It does feel good. And I think it's really helpful to have women like you talk about it because when you can kind of show how that gets done and that, you know, this is how it rolls. And sometimes it's got, you know, some, some penalty, but it's worth doing anyway. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of the penalty. And I'm just, you know, you just kind of did the business, the smart business thing hmm. Good for you. And, you know, we don't have to do this. It's not we use words like fighting back and we're not really fighting. We're just simply standing our ground. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, this is actually what we current like we agreed to before I did that work for you. So you'll pay what we agreed to or you'll get to meet my lawyer. So I actually have two different lawyers now because So many amazing things have happened this year, but I have to say my lawyers are pretty awesome and I like them a lot. They're like, oh no, you you don't have to pay this. See that? I also have a forensic accountant now too, which is very interesting. Oh my goodness. He's brilliant. He's amazing. He can see through walls probably.
0: (laughs) I want to just circle back very quickly before we move on to something else, because before We had this conversation about the way people, unfortunately, behave. You talked about starting your, you know, you wrote your book, you were doing training, you created your online community, which I think is just so amazing because it was like less than a year ago, I think, that you and I had that conversation about it. So you've done an amazing job with that. So kudos to you. You didn't intend for this, though, to become the safer place where the community could come and and learn, did you? I mean, that was not intentional, was it? Accessibility, diversity, and inclusion has been important to me for a
1: long time. So like when we made our courses, we made them accessible on purpose. We actually have it in our company values. So we actually have like a company values thing. And then when we meet to talk about stuff will sometimes talk about the values, like the company values if we're having trouble making a decision, if that makes sense. And I'm like, I don't care if it costs slightly more to make something accessible. I mean, it can't cost triple the amount so that then we're no longer have it turning any sort of profit. But, you know, adding subtitles to something or closed captioning, like, I'm like, I know it's like extra effort, but... I have a a lot of people in my family that have a bunch of different disabilities. And so I always just kind of think back to them. And it's like, would I not want that family member to be able to do this? No, that sucks. So I try really hard. I also just honestly wanted it to be a place where I was safe, if that makes sense. Like, I have a public persona. And from what I am told from other women that are well-known on the internet, I have gotten literally the best treatment ever. I've never had someone send me a message where they threatened my physical safety. And apparently a lot of women have that happen. Most of the people that write me messages are ridiculously nice. And they're like saying thank you for something or offering to help with something or asking, I don't know, for help with something. And a lot of the women I know receive very, very, very poor treatment. However, I have had enough things happen that I'm like, you know what, maybe it would be fun to be in a place where that doesn't have to be the case. And also, quite frankly, I really like talking about nerdy stuff. And then I tend to keep personal stuff more personal, like with the people that are in my personal life. And so when I look at Twitter, I see a lot of people really upset about various things. I see a lot and a lot and a lot about American politics. I'm a Canadian and their politics does matter because it affects me. But it also is like watching a slow motion tragedy happen and it makes my heart hurt. And so I don't really like want to read that. And what I, I want to do is just literally be a nerd and be like, oh, cool. You like released a new blog post. I'm going to go read it now. <laughs> So I've actually invited like everyone I know that like writes a blog. I'm like, do you want to come share your blog in my community? I'll just let you join for free forever. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Um, Because I'm like, what if I just brought all the like people that think similarly together and then we can just be awesome together, if that makes sense. And like people that want to learn and that don't ever want to share content, that's cool too. But like, I wanted to create like a knowledge base of a place where I could just search stuff and then find the answer for things. I know that that might sound like, oh, but you could just Google things. But when you Google stuff, oh my God, it's such a mess. And also Google changes the results, right? It weighs things differently. It has these recipes for whatever. But if you search with other search engines, you find different results. And I wanted a search that went on topics as opposed to like whatever waiting and other things that they do. And I know like people are always trying to search engine, optimize things and I get it. But like, if you search for certain things, it's like, Oh, strangely, I found a blog by this company that advertises on Google. Oh, and I bought, I just found this other blog by this. Oh, and look, they're in the AdWords as well. And it's like, maybe I want to find that blog by that super unknown writer, but that like solve that problem that I need. And I'm not saying that person will necessarily be on my community. Just to be clear, I am the one that makes most of the content at this point. But I feel like the internet is changing. And I also feel like making your own favorite place on the internet doesn't sound like a bad thing at all.
0: You have your own curated reading room, which is a cool idea. Here's what I really, 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 really love about this. Because of the values that you hold because you care what you have done is improved the quality of life for a colleagues they're differently abled and otherwise excluded from the normal online content that doesn't take them into consideration and and because you hold those values it has actually really changed the way people interact with your platform in a positive way in a more inclusive accessible way and i hope somebody hears this and does some kind of a write up, a business case study about what you're doing with your platform, because that's making the planet a better place. It is in so many ways, you know? And you're doing this not because somebody's bankrolling you and paying you a lot of money to do it, you're doing it on, you're bootstrapping this project.
1: Thank you. I feel like representation really matters. So the first security conference I went to had one third woman speakers. And the opening keynote was this woman named Justine Bone. And I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's just so amazing. It's like she breathed fire into the microphone and like she breathed air into the entire room. And she was like, so passionate and fierce and amazing. And I could feel like I could be like her. Does that make sense? And I had no idea that most conferences have almost no women speakers. And it's super, super rare, especially back then. I think it was 2014 was the first time I went to a security conference. And like, I've gone to conferences where it's like, oh, like, like you'll see me in pictures with the other speakers and it's all men. Or there'll be some other women, but all of them are organizers. And it'll be like me and just this huge group of dudes. I'm like, what's up? I follow this woman, Chloe Condon, who I used to work with at Microsoft. And she she did this little spiel, what it's like to be a woman at a tech conference. And it's just like her and a zillion dudes. It's her in the bathroom all by herself. And it's just like this like picture collage of her by herself, yeah. or her being with like hundreds of men in every room. And she's like, That's me. I'm the one woman. Hello. And also it was like a Canadian government focused. Conference. So the Canadian government works really, really hard at trying to have a good gender ratio in technical jobs and like in all jobs. So it feels they're dominated by women. They try to have the ratio go both ways as much as they can. And so there is a surprising number of women attending as well, which again is rare. And so I was just like, oh, I totally feel like I belong here. And yes, by the end of the after party, I was doing a rap battle to try to win an iPad and I lost. But the point is, yes, they had a rap battle. <laughs> I didn't win <read> it. <laughs> and I was in it. Yeah, there will... We had to give like lightning talks if we wanted extra drink tickets. And obviously I did. And then I was one of the finalists, which shocked me because I'd never given a presentation before. And then they're like, well, you have to rap battle to see who wins. I'm like, I What? Turns out, I don't have super great rapping skills. But anyway, but like that, I could feel comfortable enough that I could like go on stage. And do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. yeah, it was is great. And like, I still remember like a bunch of the talks I saw that were by different women. And so I could see myself there. And so if every time you look, all you see are men, or all you see are white people, or all you see are fully abled people or neurotypical people, et cetera, et cetera, you end up thinking that's the way life is. And it's not. I started a podcast at the end of August called the We Hack Purple Podcast, and Karen's going to be on it. (laughs) 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 Everyone's already excited. Um, I wanted to showcase every different type of security job that exists because basically newcomers tend to have a very narrow view of what InfoSec is because it's just not common knowledge. And so when I joined, I thought you had to be a risk analyst or a pen tester. I had no idea there were more jobs. I'd never heard of AppSec. And I had to kind of slowly stumble upon it after being a couple years in security. And so I wanted to learn all the different types of jobs, but representation also really, really, really matters to me. So all of my guests are from underrepresented groups in tech so far, but I'm totally going to have a white dude on next year. So that's a thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not adverse or opposed at all to the fact that we have a majority of white men in this industry. It's kind of how it grew up. And I think what I do object to is that dominance, which I just accept as a fact for now, right? But the fact that that Disadvantages other people, that's when it's a problem. And for you to, you know, to do something and make that acknowledgement that you want to make sure that there's representation, I think that's fantastic. And it's okay to have the representation of everybody, including the white guys. Like that, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Right. Yeah. You're being a pioneer and walking kind of a, Sometimes I would imagine a little bit of a razor's edge because there are going to be people who are going to hate on you on both sides. And I just want to say, you know, publicly how much I admire what you are doing, how bold and brave you are to step out and do this. You're taking a great risk personally to do this on your own and you're having great success everything takes time but you have kind of beaten the odds in terms of new startups and so good for you i think that's a signal that you've got your values in the right place
1: yeah thank you thank you very much <laughs> i think i think that maybe people are totally up for this yeah, and don't realize it until it happens if that makes sense
0: well You know what? The definition of a leader is a person who reads the group and understands which direction they want to go, even if they're not going there, and gets in front and says, follow me. Oh, I love that, Karen. I love it. You know, you're absolutely right that the vibration of the planet must be at such a peak that we're ready to, like, make the shift, you know, and to do something a different way that is beneficial for everyone and... I'm just really thrilled to see you be where you are in that and you're making a difference not just for application security and tech in general because of application security but for the people who are in technology. So that's huge.
1: I'm trying.
0: I'm a fan. <laughs> oh, thank
1: you. It takes a village, right? If all of us do a little bit, we're going to get there faster, but I'll do a lot for now.
0: Yeah. You're doing so many cool things. I know we're going to run out of time before we can get to everything. Your book, Alice and Bob Learn Application Security came out. It's doing very well. You are developing online resources for people to get more out of that book and have that accessible to them. So that's amazing. And I just want to make sure we don't Overlook the fact that you got yet another award. You're one of the most awarded women in cybersecurity that I've ever known. And I think that's pretty cool. So you got most engaging speaker of the year. Yeah,
1: from WorkCast, a place, they're like Zoom, but in Britain,
0: and they watch
1: the presentations. And apparently of everyone of 2020, they felt a little 30-minute presentation I did was the best one. When I was nominated, I was like, are you kidding? And I've won four awards this year. Like I know twenty twenty has been awful for a hundred reasons, but it's also been really good for me personally. And
0: I feel really lucky. Yeah, being recognized makes you feel really magically good. Well, it's a signal, right? So you're doing things for the right reasons and in the right way. And there's, you know, there's some reward out there for that. I think that's that's very, very cool. And and my prayer is, along with every other entrepreneur, is that for doing the right thing and getting the gold star, you also will get the gold bar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's not my own phrase. That comes from a friend of mine. But yeah, so I'm we're running out of time. I know we're coming up against a hard stop. I could talk to you forever. Thank you for being on the show today. It's been really great to catch up with you. 2021 is going to be amazing for you. I can tell already.
1: I have a feeling it's going to be amazing for you too, Karen. And for, <laughs> and for probably the whole world as we finally start to conquer COVID with this vaccine. I'm so looking yeah. forward to getting hugs again.
0: Isn't that the truth? Being face to face. This has been a hard year for us extroverts. Yes. <laughs> it's really tough. Yes. Well, we'll talk again soon. Be well, be safe out there, and good luck with everything. I can't wait to see how the rest of this year goes for you. Thank you, Karen. That's it for today's show. Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast is part of the ecosystem of knowledge sharing and affordable group coaching to help reverse the trend of women leaving tech and to help diverse women in male-dominated industries get the visibility, opportunities, and compensation they deserve. Be sure to check out our five-day challenge by visiting us online at createyourleadingedge.com. Like what you hear? Subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you listen to the show. We'll be back again next week. Be well, stay strong, and remember, be an ally.